Legend or myth, truth or fiction, stories of adventure, a rare depiction. Listen close, but please be wary. Some of these stories may be scary. Now it's time for Celtic Fables in Rhyme. The Hag of Kesh, read by Joe Harris. Winter has shaped our landscape, pushed mountains away from the seas, carved valleys between the hills, cleared the land to make way for the trees. Winter has ice for eyes and a chilling grip in her fingers. There was a time when winter ruled, her power to freeze well it lingered. In Sligo they call her the Kaliak, and they remember how she shaped the land. Hills, mountains, and even dry turlocks, with one sweep of her icicled hands. They remember how winter prolonged, throughout years, throughout many days. But this story is about the Kalyak, when her powers were fading away. After thousands of years of just winter, there came a time that welcomed spring, and the Kalyak retreated for months, and people prospered away from her sting. When winter grows old, don't dismiss it, because she will come when she's pleased. But now in the months after autumn, to knock all the leaves from the trees. To throw a little snow on the hillside and turn all the lakes into ice, she'll come on the back of a north wind, the last light of autumn she'll slice. The Kalyak wasn't happy with people. They'd taken all her winter work away. It was now humans shaped the land in their own unique human way. Winter thought she was better than them. Her power made the land work just right. But the humans were thwarting her plans, and she wasn't best pleased with this plight. So it was around the time of the Fianna, when Fionn McCool was a warrior strong, that the Kalyak decided to stop people from changing the land she lived on. And it was in Sligo her plan was set, in the mountain she had sculpted herself, the Ice Age hill of Keshkaran, where she'd cut many caves in its shelf. She made the hill as a storeroom to keep all her precious meats fresh, and it was here that she retired to, wintered long in the deep caves of Kesh. But her plan needed more to succeed, so she summoned her sisters for help. One winter is enough of a problem, but three together would make grown men yelp. And the three formed an ugly group, as they had grown ice-worn and old. One sharp icicle body with three heads, a giant eye between them, ice cold. Ten arctic fingers between them, three mouths that blew frosty cold air with teeth as sharp as mountain peaks and glacial torrents for hair. They boiled up a cauldron of water hidden deep in their hillside den and chopped in some herbs of the land to tenderize Fionn and his men. We'll broil them with cold's foot from the beaches. That bright yellow flower we'll chop and add it with heart's tongue for our tummies. I know where grows an extraordinary crop. The three-headed hag of winter was happy that her plan was complete, and she waited in the cave of Kesh for Fionn and his men to greet.
but she knew her new form wouldn't entice him, so the sisters transformed once again into three beautiful women on this hillside. This new form would attract many men. Xian and his men were out hunting. They had walked for many, many days, and as soon as they spied the three ladies, they were melted from their stony ways. Except Fion's second-in-command, Gal, who had taken a rest behind a large tree. No, Gal wasn't caught under this spell, because he had fallen behind, you see. What a beauty I see, cried out Fion. Three angels up there in those caves. Perhaps you will offer us refuge for myself and my two honest knaves? The ladies nodded their answer. Please come closer here with your men and we'll give you food for the evening, here in the warmth of our den. But as Yun and his men approached, there came a frightful roar, and three women transformed as one hag and knocked Fion and his men to the floor. The three-headed hag laughed her fury. She screamed, howled, and shouted with glee. At last I have captured the humans who have shown nothing but the stain for me. No longer will you change my land, move my rocks, or cut my trees. The power to control these things will once again be left down to me. Jun and his men were silenced. They could not even speak. They just lay there in those caves, awaiting the havoc this hag would wreak. And she shot icy webs from her fingers, which sprung at the poor helpless men. She wrapped them up tightly like spiders' prey, and tied them in knots in her den. Now I must boil you with cold's foot, the herb from my beaches I picked, and sprinkle in heart's tongue for flavor, a tasty meal you'll make, I predict. What horror befell Xian and his men at the hands of the evil hag of Kesh to be boiled in their hot bubbling cauldron till their bones came away from their flesh. A gory thing to even contemplate, but not something you'd ever want to see. But don't forget there was another man who had not been spelled like these three. Yes, Gull had wakened from his nap and followed Fion and his men to the caves, and what he saw there prompted action, as Fion and his men were now slaves. Gaul was appalled by the vision of his men dangling over a pot, and he surprised the venomous hag, cut her right down on the spot. You may have captured these men, tied them in knots with your spell, but I can see how you really are, and now I must rebel. So Gaal lifted his sword high above him, and in a quickening flash, he sliced at the three-headed hag, and she landed in the cauldron with a splash. Then Gaal unraveled the men from the sticky ropes in which they were tied, and all four strong warriors fled, running wild from this mountainside. These were Ireland's strong warriors, yet they were captured by winter. Weakened by her shrill and sharp voice, cold enough for ice to splinter, Fion and his men never forgot the screams of the three-headed witch, and vowed to respect the land, taking care of each valley and ditch. 
They would only move rocks when needed to build homes and important stone sites and plant a new tree for each one they cut. Such was their fear of her blight. And for years this story was told to anyone willing to listen, to wise men and women and teachers, and softly to all of their children. And that's why I'm telling you now, even though no one spoke it for years. So you too can take care of our land when the need for it reappears. And what of this terrible hag? Did she boil in her own bubbling pot? Well, she may have recoiled for a while, but winter's not something you'll stop. But like Fionn's men, you should be wary not to fall foul of winter's blunt side. But it's many a one who has fallen when not noticing winter's icy slide. You do well to remember that nature still has the power to change, to transform tiny hills by the seaside into a towering range, to make rivers run wild, to widen all lakes in its path, to cut the land clean if it's willing, such be the Kalyak's cold wrath. The Hag of Kesh was adapted for rhyme by Sinead McClure and read by Joe Harris. Celtic Fables in Rhyme was produced by All Points West Radio Productions. The series was edited by Joe Harris, with music composed and performed by Harvest Tracks, and was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.